Today, I'd like to talk about a word which I consider very essential, not only in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, but in a program of daily living for all peoples. It's a word that is commonly associated as a business term, but it's a word, again, that we all should take heed of. And that word is inventory. The fourth step of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous brings this word into focus right away at the outset of our program. For that fourth step tells us that we, you and I, should take a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Now, I looked up the word inventory, as I always do when I'm in doubt about what certain things mean. An inventory, as described in the Funkin' Wagnall's dictionary, says this, to make an appraisal as of one's skills, characteristics, goals, fortunes, assets, and liabilities. Now, I guess that's a pretty damn good description. Those of us in business know that no successful business can operate without inventory, without knowing what is selling, what is not selling, what to buy and what not to buy, and of course our own personal lives need an inventory. What's good for us and what's bad for us. Now, at the point we are now, a group of men and women interested in the problem of alcoholism, I'd like to discuss this word inventory as applied to our particular problem. Unfortunately, most of us who are in this room today, with the exception of the guests, have arrived at a point in our life where we had better take a goddamn good look at what has happened, what is happening, and what might possibly happen. In other words, it's time for you and I to take an inventory. We are past that point where we can live on past laurels and past heroics and great deeds of yesteryear. Society today is only interested in the now, and that all you and I should be concerned with is the now. What makes the now so important is simply because it is the only period of time in which you can furnish definite proof. You can talk all you want about the past, but there's hardly any way that we can prove the truth of your statements. You can talk all you want about your dreams of the future, 
that for something that hasn't happened yet, we can't furnish proof. But if you walk like you talk today, then today you can prove. For that's the now. <coughs> now in this inventory, where you and I take a look at ourselves, there is one specific prime necessary requirement. That requirement, I'm sure most of you know, is the highest form or the highest level of self-honesty that you can achieve. For all you're going to do business with in this inventory is your life not mine, I am not particularly interested in the inventory of anybody's life who sits in this room today. And likewise, I don't think you're particularly interested in an inventory of my life. As alcohol has become a life and death proposition for us, we must direct all of our energies, all of our strengths and wisdoms, towards our own life. In our program we discuss most frequently three different kinds of inventories that we take. We talk about a daily inventory. An inventory that some people take early in the morning, other people might possibly take upon retiring at night. If you take it at night, it's just a review of what you have done that particular day, an awareness of what areas you might be able to improve on, what degrees of success you have obtained in any venture of that particular day, and the progress of your own life in general. In the morning, people who take inventories establish some sort of a program for that particular day. They try to determine their needs and their wants and their desires, their actions, their goals, and their expectations. And they formulate a plan. And then they seek during that day to fulfill that plan. Another inventory we take, of course, is the fourth step of this program which is not to be confused because of that word moral. It's not to be confused with a sexual inventory. We're not interested in whether you're committing adultery. We're not interested in how many women you had in motel rooms or how many times you cheated on your husband. We're not interested in any forms of sexual perversion in the past. Moral, we're talking about yourself good and bad, good and bad. That's the kind of an inventory we suggest you take. When you arrive at this point, which I only assume that you have a written act. You see, I assume that all of you are seeking this recovery due to what it says in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that you want to gain this sobriety so that you can clear away the wreckage of the past. Now there is no conceivable way 
that you can clear away the wreckage from the past unless you know what in the hell it is. And the only way that you can find out what in the hell it is is to sit down and take a hell of a good look at Joe or Bill or Alice or Mary or whatever the hell your name is in that complete state of self-honesty. Now there's another inventory we refer to as sort of a spot check inventory. Spot check inventories are not total and they're not complete. They're not a culmination of all of your character defects, assets, and liabilities of your entire life. A spot check inventory comes about, and I'm quite sure most of you are familiar with this kind of a feeling. We're along about 11 o'clock in the morning after you've been out of bed for about five hours and commenced working and things seem to be going wrong and all of a sudden you say, for Christ's sake, this is a hell of a day, everything is going wrong. Well, let me say, stop. Stop right there at that point. And that day seems to be getting darker than hell out even though the sun is out. But it seems like all the problems in the world are yours. When it seems like everybody is going against your wills and your wishes, stop. Sit down. And take that spot check inventory. Experience has proven to what's in the past. That if you sit down at that precise moment, in that state of honesty, you will find that you are the cause for what you have attributed to being everybody else's fault. That the day is quite well. It's not a screwed up day. It's only a screwed up day through your eyes. While you're thinking the world is dark alongside of you as somebody who thinks it's all so bright and sunny. So the problem has to be with you. As alcoholics, of course, we've got a defective character. But rather than sit down into this complete state of honesty, we seek the escape in a mood-altering agent called alcohol. An agent that will insanely cause you and I to believe, after digesting of it for a while, that all of our problems are solved, that the budget is all figured out, and it's manageable, and that within two or three days I'll become president of the bank, might even own it, seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. Because that's what alcohol does as a mood-altering agent. A little story I heard some years ago, maybe you've heard it, I don't know, but which brings out quite frankly and honestly how alcohol can change your mood it deals with a guy on Skid Row who's down and out, has lost his family and his friends and his job, and, and every resource that was available at one time to help him has pulled away from him. And now he's all alone, with one exception. He has one person yet who he can still turn to, and that's his father. For as father as I told him once, he said, Son, whenever you recognize what in the hell your problem is, 
and are willing to admit, then come to me and I'll help you. So there's Don out derelict in despair, sitting in a crummy little old hotel room on Skid Row, sick, dying, full of the fears and the remorse and the guilt, knew that he had to make a choice that day. He either, he either had to be humble enough to admit this defeat to his father or continue to suffer. Now that's a tough task to admit defeat. Always has been and I guess it always will be. And assholes like me and you always need a little help with admitting defeat. We insanely figure that, well, that little drink, I could figure this thing out a little bit better. I'd know what to say to my father. So this gentleman gets up from his little table and he goes down on the street and he begs a dollar. And with the dollar he buys a bottle of wine. And he goes back up into his room, fearful of the thought of having to write that letter to his father. And in order to get up enough courage just to take the stationery out of the desk, takes a little whack out of that wine bottle. Well, it gives him a degree of courage where he goes over to the desk and he pulls out the stationery and he sits down and prepares to write the letter. He begins to sweat and shake again with fear. My God, what am I going to say? I better have another drink. And he takes another drink. Then the courage begins to come to him and he writes the date up in the corner of the letter. And of course, that's a traumatic experience. And the fear again mounts. And he reaches for another drink. He takes another drink. And then he has courage to write down, Dear Dad. Then it really goes way out of proportion. My God, what the hell am I going to say to him, you know? I need another drink. And he finishes the whole bottle. And the first line in the sentence, following Dear Dad is this. If there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. <laughs> you see, in the matter of a few moments, a few drinks, the entire situation <coughs> has been reversed because of the alcohol. Now you'll notice up on a board that I have up here, we use this board for two different meetings that we conduct here. Today, we'll use it as applied to the inventory. You'll notice that the board is divided into three little sections here, simulated by smiles, frowns, and a normal look, happy, normal, sad. Only in my own opinion, only in my own opinion, these are the eight key words as far as a living inventory is concerned. Not a drinking inventory, a living inventory. I think all people require to have these particular identities inventoried frequently in order to determine what kind of a life you're going to live. And after all, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about life. We're not talking about Alcoholics Anonymous as a program of not drinking. 
Alcoholics Anonymous is not that. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a program of not drinking. Alcoholics Anonymous is a program that initiates to those who seek it a new way of life, a new way of living. Whenever I talk about living, I, I'm always, always brought to mind of that commercial because I love that commercial so much and so many of you have seen it and heard me describe it, but I think it's the greatest commercial that was ever made for television outside of when they had the little bear on the hand there. That commercial is where they advertise Schmidt's beer, and that's so ironic that it's a liquor commercial that's so important in my life. But most of you know the one I'm talking about. But for those of you who are new, I'd like to refresh you, because I know you've seen it. It's that one where you see a bunch of guys sailing around out there in the Pacific Ocean someplace, on a big old three-masted schooner, you know, doing a man's thing, raising the hell on the ship, swinging back and forth, and letting go of the ropes and splashing into the water and singing and just having a hell of a good time, doing a man's thing. And in that commercial, there's a line that says, you only go around once, grab all of the gusto you can. I too looked up that word gusto. I did, first I thought it was a cereal, to tell you the honest and the truth. That's what I thought it was. I didn't realize that. That's right. Advertising man here uh, laughs at my ignorance, but I can't help it. But gusto is a slang expression for a living. For a living. In other words, the commercial says you only go around once. Grab all the living you can get. And surely, I doubt, seriously, if there sits in this room anyone who does not want his or her share or more of living. And that's why you enter into a state of sobriety. Because sobriety permits you to live. Alcohol allows you to die. That's simple. So if you are like I, and you're interested in living, then you've got to take a good look at what in the hell you've got to work with. Because you've got to work with you. Your living, your life, you. And if we go back to the initial definition of inventory, an appraisal of one's skills, characteristics, goals, fortunes, assets, and liabilities. Whether you want to do this daily, on the hour, or every six months is entirely up to you. Perpetual inventory in major businesses is the most successful way of operation. Surely some of you merchants know that. It would be ideal, I guess, to know every day just what you're selling and what you're not selling, rather than have to wait every six months or perhaps once a year. So a perpetual inventory, a daily inventory, might be the best way you can go. And not necessarily in this order. But each day I've got to look at that word faith. 
not as faith is applied to worshiping an idol in the church. Not as faith is applied to getting in my car and figuring that all I've got to do is turn the key and it'll start. Not as applied to sitting down when Fawny cooks for supper and, and having faith that there's nothing wrong with it. Those are all examples of faith. I've often heard people say, well, I have no faith. How ridiculous. How ridiculous. Each of you that ate breakfast in here this morning had faith that the eggs were poisoned, that the coffee wasn't poisoned, possibly tastes like it. <laughs> you have faith that this place is not going to burn down today. And if you do get in your car, you have faith that it's going to start. So faith is nothing that's uh, unreachable. And faith, I looked that up in the dictionary. And they got a hell of a good definition for that. Unquestioning belief that does not require proof or evidence. That's what faith is. And we ask you to seek faith in this program. Even though we do not require proof or evidence, we furnish it to you, though. I stand, and I don't say this braggadociously, I just say this because I'm standing up here. I stand as proof, as evidence, that this program works. Any other members of Alcoholics Anonymous who sit out here today are proof and evidence that this program works. So it should be, in my opinion,